Welcome to Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in Eau Claire. And a strange thing happened at Lambeau Field yesterday. For the first time since a few days before Halloween, the Green Bay Packers won a football game, impressively defeating the 3-9 and Atlanta Falcons by a final score of 22 to 21. And uh, obviously we'll talk about that. Some other things happen around the NFL that have somewhat changed uh, people's opinions on what could happen with the rest of the 2013 season. We'll talk about all those different ramifications and some other things as well. Uh, we're both college football fans, so maybe we'll touch a little bit upon the bowl season and the BCS. But right now we're going to bring Matt in. And Matt, it was fun to get a win yesterday, I guess, but... I really, I don't know about you, but I had no idea how to react after they actually clinched the win yesterday. It was almost a strange feeling after seeing that. I mean, it was a bizarre day around the league in general, and uh, a big part of that had to do with the Packers winning for once. <laughs> it just, uh, everything in the in the day yesterday just felt weird watching all the games on Red Zone and everything. And um, Yeah, and I guess I feel good. I mean, it was a super frustrating game, obviously, to watch, and I'm looking at the stats now, and Matt Flynn somehow had a 96 quarterback rating. Yeah. And, and it just was, I mean, it was obviously frustrating, but they came back at the end, and, I mean, what can you say? Atlanta's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're talking about teams that are worse than the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. That's apparently one of them, <laughs> for them to somehow not be able to come out of that with a win yesterday. Um, says a lot about them, too, and where they are, but... Yeah, I mean, it was weird. It was a weird game, but it's a win, and it keeps the playoff hopes alive. Detroit helps us out a little bit, so I guess I'm, I'm. It wasn't a fun game to watch, but I guess I'm feeling pretty good today. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, Atlanta certainly had their opportunities to win yesterday. Granted, there were some fluky things that put them in the lead in the first place. Yeah. But you know, it was good to see the Packers respond. Apparently, coming from behind from Double digits is not a problem when Matt Flynn is the quarterback, uh, I've noticed, in his career, which is very strange. Uh, yeah, Matt Flynn was 24 of 32 for uh, 258 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. I am looking at the ESPN Score Center app on my iPhone, and the picture of Matt Flynn is hilarious. It's, it's clearly him, but the shirt they have on him is his Buffalo Bills uniform that looks like it was colored in Microsoft Paint <laughs> over his Raiders uniform. So that's always fun. <laughs> but uh, what do you think about Flynn? He he got the job done, and I was thinking today that the fact that Matt Flynn has been the unquestioned starter going into this Atlanta game really finally uh, it clarifies why Doug Peterson was in the league so long. That I think it's clear that Scott Tolzien's a better talent than Matt Flynn. But I think coaches value a guy who's just going to make the decisions they want them to make more so than a guy who actually has a really good arm, really good accuracy, and has the potential to move the team down the field. Yeah, I think you're right. And I I think that he's what we needed yesterday. Well, you can say what you want about, I mean, he did turn the ball over twice, and he he took five sacks, and say what you want about the offensive line too, but I I think a lot of those were on him Mm -hmm. um, just for holding the ball. But he was the type of quarterback that needed to win the game yesterday, and that's clear because they, you know, they they just barely won by one point. Mm-hmm. And had you had Tolzien in there, you know, maybe you had an extra mistake or you you missed an easy throw or something. Yeah, one more turnover would have cost them the game. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, two isn't great from Flynn, but from what we've seen from Tolzien, it probably would have been a couple of more from him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, yeah, Tolzien's a lot more fun to watch for me and. 
and Flynn's really frustrating to watch, and I think Tolzien might be uh, maybe a little bit better. But I guess Flynn is what we needed yesterday, and it worked out as, as hard as it was to watch at times. Yeah, I, I definitely think that the future backup of this team going forward has got to be uh, Scott Tolzien, or at least he's more promising of the available quarterbacks right now, yeah. um, or at least the guys on the roster. I, I think he is has the potential to be a really strong backup, and Flynn got the job done yesterday, and he's a very likable guy, so I was happy for them, uh, for him that uh, they were able to get the win with him behind center. But I don't think there's really any future for him in the NFL at all after watching him yesterday. Now, Jason Campbell, now there's a backup quarterback. You know, I would pay big money to have a Jason Campbell around. You know, and, and some of those kind of guys. Josh McCown's the same way. I don't see Flynn even having a future as that level backup. A guy right. who you can legitimately count on to take over for, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Jay Cutler if they're going to be gone for eight or nine games. Whereas Flynn is kind of a nice little stopgap. He'll beat Atlanta. He'll tie the Vikings. But, you know, I, I don't know what his future is. But, you know, at least he, he's provided a spark to this team this year. It's clear. And I guess we'll still have to wait what happens with this whole injury thing that we keep hearing about with him. I mean, maybe he'll come back, make a roster next year, and look good mm-hmm. and get a chance to start again. But, I mean, right now... He looks like a high school quarterback. Yeah, and I guess even if you have an arm injury, it doesn't force you to hold the ball and not be able mm-hmm. to, you know, check down or, or or see your reads. They kept talking about yesterday when he was taking sacks, like, oh, everybody was covered, and they showed a replay, and they, <laughs> they showed Boykin just streaking across the middle uncovered, like completely <laughs> wide open. It's like, that's not true. I think he's just kind of keying on Jones and Jordy and just mm-hmm. doesn't have a chance to, to look at anybody else. Um, and who knows, just... McCarthy could have told him, and it feels that way a little bit the way he played in Detroit too, is that I think he's wrong, but it seems like McCarthy believes that if this team doesn't turn the ball over, they can beat anybody. And I think that's kind of the way he's played the last two weeks is, you know, we're not going to lose on turnovers. We're going to lose because our defense stinks or because of a number of other reasons, but it's not going to be because we helped the, the other team. And maybe that's yeah, how he that's, played yesterday. That's really what it feels like to me, and that's usually you only see that on a team with a good defense. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, yesterday we ran against, up against an offense that was just atrocious. So, I mean, it, it made us look a little better than they actually are. But, I mean, when you try to do that against a team like Detroit, obviously you're going to get blown out of the water. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I agree. I think that's the, the way they've been playing the last couple of weeks now that Flynn's been in. But uh, it's it, I don't know if it would have worked against any other teams in the NFL than, than other than Atlanta. I guess maybe Houston or something like that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's not gonna, with our defense, that's not going to work very often. Yeah, and it's certainly not going to work against the Dallas Cowboys. And not to kind of brush off this game, I think maybe we can come back to the defense. Well, let, no, let's just... We'll go back to the defense a little bit. Uh, I thought the defense did okay. They had three shutout quarters. Granted, the one they didn't shut out, they allowed it 21 points, but one of them was a defensive touchdown. Um, I thought that it was a weird day yesterday because the defense actually played pretty decent, but Clay Matthews was nowhere to be found. You know, he, he hardly did anything, and then, the, but the other guys stepped up, and I guess, you know, we've been waiting for that for a long time. Granted, they had to wait till they got a three and nine team in there, but, you know, I, th- I thought it was a pretty good effort from uh, some guys, especially Jarrett Bush and uh, Mike Neal in particular. Yeah, and I think Johnny Jolly, too. Oh, yeah, had, absolutely. Had a huge beginning to the season, and then I, I kind of forgot he was around the last few weeks mm-hmm. here. And I, I think I, he had an injury. 
Yeah, I was like, I don't know if he has been suited up or just hasn't been doing much, but I don't, I don't remember him too. Well, much we don't lately. get to see the defensive line very long because usually the ball's flying over their head to open receivers before we can actually take stock of who's on the field. Exactly. So who would even know? Yeah. But, but yeah, you're right. The guys around him stepped up and played well yesterday. Um, Tremont had a pretty nice game, and some of the guys in the secondary, Burnett, got beat a couple of times badly, mm-hmm. um, missed some tackles again. But I think for the most part, yeah, it's against an offense which is completely sputtering right now, but they, they look better than they have, that's for sure. Yeah, so I guess we can move on a little bit and, and say that it was a nice effort all around. They were at home. They were against a really bad football team. Um, I guess, what do you want to talk about first? Do we want to talk about the Aaron Rodgers prospects for next week, or do we want to talk about the Packers' playoff chances at this point? <laughs> I mean, both are kind well, of... Well, I guess the, the yeah. playoff chances chances start and end with Aaron Rodgers playing this week, so yeah, I guess that's. Uh, I guess we can start there. Yeah, so Aaron Rodgers still has not been medically cleared to play. Mike McCarthy sounded devastated when he was talking about that on the radio, and maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into it. Uh, just hearing his sound bites from his press conference today, but they're going to reevaluate him again on Wednesday. But the way they were talking, it really makes me think that Aaron Rodgers is not progressing the way they thought he was, and that he's going to be a stretch to play again uh, this Sunday in Dallas. And I don't know about you, Matt, uh, but quite frankly, I think with or without Aaron Rodgers, I would be surprised if they beat the Dallas Cowboys. Sure, and and if he doesn't play, there's I don't see any way that they win that game. I mean, mm-hmm. Dallas, off, Dallas' offense is too good, whereas if you have Rodgers, you can at least hope to, ke- to keep up mm-hmm. um, because I don't think our defense has much of a chance to s- slow down Des Bryant or, or DeMarco Murray or any of those guys. Or how the heck are they going to cover Jason Witten? I don't think there's anybody yeah. on a roster who can do that. No. Um, I mean, with their chances with Aaron Rodgers, I'd maybe say it's a 50-50 prospect, but without him, I'd say I'd give him maybe 5% chance to win. Um, and, it, yeah, I mean, it's... At this point, I almost don't expect Rodgers to be cleared. It just seems like the last couple of weeks we've come in with the hope that he might, and it just keeps seeming to get gloomier and gloomier, and he's just, like you said, he's just probably not progressing the way they had thought or hoped, and I don't know. I don't know when we'll know, mm-hmm. but but you're right. I don't think they have much of a chance. I'll say, I, st- I guess I think they have a pretty good chance with him, but I don't think they have any chance without him. I just don't know if they can, uh, even with Aaron Rodgers, I just... What what would you comfortably put money on as far as the over-under of Dallas points? I mean, to me, it's 35. I expect them to at least score 35 against the Packers on Sunday. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it might be a little high in terms of a Vegas betting line. Uh, yeah. Probably be around, like, 28, 31, somewhere around there. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I don't know how they cover these guys. Um, but the good thing is Dallas' defense is awful, too, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, Flynn's obviously not going to put up that many, but if if Rodgers can somehow play, we, you know, I I could see them out outgunning them a little bit, but who knows? Well, also they don't expect, or not they don't expect, but they aren't sure if Eddie Lacy will play yet uh, because of his sprained oh, ankle. Right. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. So if you don't have Rodgers or Lacy, you you don't have a chance. I, I think. And, and, yeah. Um, but I guess maybe we can think that hopefully Aaron Rodgers does play. Uh, uh, helpful for the Packers yesterday was the Detroit Lions lost in a blizzard to the Philadelphia Eagles in a game I hope, I can't imagine it won't be, but I hope that that game is one of the NFL Network replay games on, what, Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever, uh, and I'll watch the 90-minute version of that game because that looked like a ton of fun. But, gosh, 
the thing that I wanted to bring up that really has been irritating me all afternoon is been reading articles or listening to Sports Talk Radio yesterday and today and just hearing the number of fans and even uh, commentators talk about yesterday's game and how it was a big win and whatever, and fine, they won, whatever. But just hearing people say, there's some that are kind of on the fence that are just saying stuff like, Man, the Packers proved yesterday to themselves and to the fans that they can win without Aaron Rodgers. And then some are saying, wow, the people that doubted them, where where are they? They're going to be sorry when they win the Super Bowl. And I'm like, I sort of wish I could live in that world that these people are living in. (laughs) But they really proved they can win without Aaron Rodgers. That was their sixth try to win a game without Aaron Rodgers. So if they just proved that they can win without Aaron Rodgers, then Joey Harrington proved that he's a successful NFL quarterback because he went 6-10 and ten a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get if you get six chances, you should be able to win once in the NFL, and your one is a one-point victory over one of the worst teams in the league at home in the against a dome team in horrible weather. Um, I don't know how your thoughts are on all that stuff, but I'm almost like... It legitimately frustrates me when I don't understand how people's thought processes can think a different, uh, certain way, and this is like Exhibit A for that. Right, and I, I feel like we have a pretty knowledgeable fan base, it seems like, so I, I feel like none of our listeners are going to be too offended, but I completely agree with you. I mean, like you said, not only did you have six tries, but the one you got wasn't convincing at all. No. Um, this team cannot win consistently without Aaron Rodgers, and they've clearly proven that lately. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not a good football team without Aaron Rodgers. And, I mean, to me, they didn't prove anything yesterday. If if before the Aaron Rodgers injury you said, you know, this team could win one of their next five games, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to be like, all right, yeah, this team can do it without Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Like, yeah. that's not impressive at all to me. And, and um, you know, luckily Detroit is just completely falling apart. Or, or we wouldn't even still be talking about this. This season yeah. would be done, but they're basically trying to give it to us. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I guess I didn't hear too much local sports talk today, so I guess I didn't hear too much of that. But I think you're right. This, this team did not prove really much of anything to me yesterday. They were, they were the team I thought they were, and they just yeah. happened to win. Yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. Um, yeah, it, it just is so frustrating. And, and it's fine. I'm glad people are excited, and you know, it's relieving that they finally get a win. But... To say they proved they could win without Aaron Rodgers is is ridiculous. To expect them to be like that, there's a lot of teams that don't have Aaron Rodgers and they don't go one in fifteen. You know, <laughs> there's there's teams that have marginal quarterbacks. The Minnesota Vikings won ten games with Christian Ponder at quarterback. So, you know, it, you don't need an elite elite guy to prevent you from going winless for months at a time. Right. But yeah, now the Packers, if the Lions lose any of their remaining games and the Packers are able to win out, the Packers will be the NFC North Division champions. And I still am not sure how I feel about that one way or another. Um, I mean, it would be exciting and it would show the resiliency of this team or at least of their quarterback, but Am I going to sound like a horrible Packer fan if part of me does not want that to happen and that... I almost am welcoming the change that might come with a bad season over the opportunity to get pulverized by San Francisco or Carolina on our home turf in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, we've talked about this before, but I think at this point, there 
there isn't going to be any change. I mean, I think we can be pretty clear about that. It's not like Mike McCarthy is going to be gone if they don't make the playoffs this year. Ted Thompson is going to be gone or anything. But Dom, though, I mean, I can't maybe. see Dom surviving this season. Yeah, I. you would think maybe with all the criticism, but um, I guess, I don't know. To me, I, I completely see where you're coming from. I'm still rooting for them to make it, mm-hmm. but I was kind of feeling the same way yesterday, and I was trying to talk myself out of it, but it's like, <laughs> When they started to come back a little bit, it's like, man, do they really want? Do I really want them to win this game? Mm-hmm. Because this would sure seem like you know you you go through all these games without Rodgers, you lose every single one. You've proven that your team's not put together very well, um, and we're not. I mean, anything can happen, but we sure don't look like a Super Bowl team. Even when Rodgers was healthy, we were mm-hmm. frustrating to watch. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I can I can see where you're coming from. I'm still, I guess, holding out all hope that they can somehow make a run, just because. You know, anything can happen in the postseason. But I I would sure like to see some change, and you kind of hope that both could happen. Maybe they make the playoffs and they get, like you said, destroyed by somebody in the first round, and then you could maybe still see some change happen. Mm-hmm. But I, just with this front office, I just don't see, no matter what happens, I just I, I can't believe that we'll see any change until I actually see it, I think. Well, and the thing is, if they go to the playoffs, I mean, that probably is going to guarantee there's no change because... It feels like this team doesn't need much to start feeling like they're a great team. Uh, Matt Flynn said, we know we're a great team and we can play with anybody in the NFL. Uh, he said that yesterday after the game. So presumably he was meaning that if they have a scheduled NFL game, they will be allowed to take the field and play with whoever's uh, squaring off against them. Mike McCarthy, when he was addressing the fact that the fans booed him had some line about it's it's lonely being a warrior sometimes and just talking about this kind of stuff and I'm like these guys are probably they're like sticking out their chest on a one point win over a three and nine football team now three and ten and it's it was kind of like what we saw with after the Ravens game earlier yes. this year uh yeah exactly they just take every little piece I mean even if it's an ugly game and visually you can see that they're not playing well still but yeah, I don't know if it's a strategy from McCarthy or what, but what they did last week against Detroit wasn't competing with any team in the NFL. That was not competing. You got blown out of the water. Mm-hmm. So, And for them to pick up this one-point win against a bad team just barely is <laughs> – they, they get, get pumped about it. Maybe they need the confidence, but to me, I would not be doing that. I won plenty of games when I, when I used to play football in high school where I would still be you know upset afterwards because <laughs> you didn't do what you should have done. And I feel like this is the kind of the same kind of game, but they they I don't know I don't even know how to explain it, but that's very frustrating to me. Well, and it it just feels like they don't need much reason to start believing again in their flawed system. And it's won a Super Bowl, but here's kind of the thing, and that's what bothers me when people say, "Oh, Ted and Mike, they're they're great. They won a Super Bowl. What what's wrong with you? They've been successful, yes, but." It's clearly a flawed system with a lot of things that don't get addressed. They've had some of the most lopsided playoff losses that I've seen as a fan in the last two years with supposedly good football teams just getting completely pulverized and overmatched by teams. And if you're going to say they have... I guess the reason is I'm so confused as to why people are so quick to defend this this regime as they got it all figured out, they know what they're doing, they're a championship bunch... Would anybody rush to the defense of the New York Giants and say that they have a winning system? Because their winning system is just as flawed, but they've actually won the Super Bowl twice now. Um, and so, 
if you're going to say that the Packers are a winning system, then the Giants are a winning system. And, and I, I have a hard time saying that. I guess I'm not articulating myself very well either, but it just... The fact is, if they go 9-6-1, they're going to say that... They're going to tell themselves all offseason that we would have won the Super Bowl if Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have broke his arm. And that's clearly not the case. If you watch the Packers play the the Atlanta Falcons, and then if you stayed and watched the 49ers play the Seattle Seahawks, it was like watching two different leagues. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys are so much better than Green Bay is. People have been talking about Dom's defense, like these wide-open receivers are just a necessary evil of the brand-new wide-open NFL. Well, nobody told Seattle and San Francisco that because they're covering everybody like gloves. Mm-hmm. And, and And that's just one part of it. It just, I don't know, I guess I can end this rant because I don't really know where I'm going with it, but the the idea that they are going to recover because of the Lions, because of the Bears, and they're going to win this division kind of scares me a little bit. As much as it would be a fun rest of December, I don't want to keep watching a team where these flaws don't get addressed. It's been years now, and as fun as the Super Bowl was, it might have been the worst thing to happen to these two as a unit. Yeah, and I mean, to me, the Super Bowl makes it all worth it. But like well, you yeah. said, it it makes them it makes them immune. Like mm-hmm. it makes them immune to any criticism. And I think it's starting to come around a little bit. I think outside of the organization, you're hearing a lot of people kind of start to question things. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it's made them immune, and that's why I feel like there's not going to be any change. And I, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Just because, although. It seems everybody else is aware of what's going on and what's wrong with this team. They just refuse to do anything about it because they won a Super Bowl. They make the playoffs every year. They always win the division. Um, I mean, these things just mask it, not to mention you have probably the best quarterback in the game hiding up most of your flaws most of the time, too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you take him out of the equation like we've seen the last few weeks, and everything is exposed. So, yeah, a, a whole lot of issues and... I really hope some things change, but I, I guess I just have a hard time believing it. And I guess, uh, yeah, I, I definitely hope things change. And But I, I was thinking just to play devil's advocate a bit, are we almost expecting too much? And maybe we just can't get out of our heads that the way the Packers were in the mid-90s was how it's supposed to be when it's done right, where you're basically 13-3 every year and you're a few plays away from being like a three-peat champion. And I know, but there's a lot of things you'd like to see him address, but then at the same point, what are New England Patriots fans saying? Where they've had the best offense in the history of the NFL over the past five years and have nothing to show for it. And what are Steelers fans saying, who's got a talent, well maybe they're saying they're old, but you know, the the Ravens are there every year, and and the Bears have been close and been de- derailed by injuries every year. And the Saints have had, they're talking yesterday about all the records Drew Brees has broken over the last three, four years. And I thought to myself, wow, all those records for one playoff win. Mm-hmm. And so, as much as, and, and maybe, I'm not changing my tune necessarily, because you'd like to see them do something with these problems because maybe you see Aaron Rodgers and how great he is and it just frustrates you that they're wasting maybe the best quarterback we've ever seen. But there's other teams doing the same thing and I guess, 
I I don't know. Do, do you have any kind of response to just the garbage that I'm spewing out right now? Well, I think the last point that you made was the big one. Is I think we know what we have at quarterback, and it's so frustrating to watch the same things year in and year out on the rest of the team mm-hmm. kind of go unaddressed when they're clearly problems and, and nothing is changing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the main point. I think if we didn't have Aaron Rodgers, we knew we were you know a good to average team, then, hey, you deal with it. But, but yeah, I mean, everybody in the league is frustrated. I mean, <laughs> Barely any teams win the Super Bowl. I mean, only one team a year does it. So and it's always some loser team that shouldn't have won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and we were probably one of those teams. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, it, it's frustrating. But everybody's frustrated. So I mean, everybody's got issues, and you know that's probably just the 32 team NFL and kind of what it does to a roster, as opposed to you know when things were a little more consolidated and every team was maybe just a little bit better. Maybe every team is sharing our, our frustrations, but I think mm-hmm. I think the Aaron Rodgers portion is the big part of it that really kind of irks me. Yeah, and I guess it doesn't um, invalidate that frustration just because it's kind of league-wide with your elite teams. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I don't know about you, but I definitely feel the sense of urgency. Aaron Rodgers just turned 30 since we last spoke, and or actually last Monday. But that kind of scares me, too, just thinking about it, because if you look around the history of the NFL, and maybe that'll change with how it seems like there's so many college quarterbacks that can seamlessly make that transition into the pros in recent years, but what are the odds that we get another good quarterback right away? I mean, it it could take a long time. I mean, Miami had... I mean, just think of some of these teams that you th- you've thought of as having really good quarterbacks for a long time, and Miami was a perennial playoff contender for basically the first 30 years of their franchise history, and then now they can't replace the quarterback, and they haven't been to the playoffs in 10 years, uh, outside of the, the Chad Pennington year, which... I guess, one time in ten years. And they got crushed in the first round. Mm-hmm. Or just think about how many of these teams that just can't find a quarterback. And they've tried countless guys. And I don't know about you, but that kind of scares me. The closest thing I can think of to three in a row was San Francisco, when they went straight from Montana to Young, and then they had Jeff Garcia have a few Pro Bowl years. But then then they had ten years where they couldn't find anybody. Yeah, And they still might not have found anybody, depending on your opinion of Colin Kaepernick. So I... The clock is ticking a little bit, and I, I feel like we're kind of at the edge here where I just am desperate to throw a few more Super Bowls in the bank so I actually can feel confident that I'll see another one in my lifetime. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, really there's usually only about a handful of quarterbacks in the league that will that could win you a Super Bowl, so, I mean, chances are that you probably don't get another one right after that. I mean, mm-hmm. the chances were slim to none that you get Rodgers right after Favre to begin with, so, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not impossible. I mean, if... If Rodgers retires, we have one bad season. All of a sudden, you're at the front of the draft again, and maybe you find somebody. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you never know what happens after this. You could go on a stretch like the Bills or the Dolphins or you know a number of other teams that if you can't find a quarterback, you're not going to win or even make the playoffs. Which I can't imagine, you know, watching a Packers team that doesn't make the playoffs for ten years. Yeah, and hopefully that doesn't happen given the organization. But you know, they were the greatest. Dynasty ever, and they make a couple wrong moves, and then all of a sudden they're the doormat of the NFL. And I know that was a different era, but, you know, somebody asked the Buffalo Bills fans how long ago the 90s feel right yeah. now, where they made the playoffs seven of ten years. And, I, I mean, I guess we'll see. You know what maybe scares me more than finding a bad quarterback is getting, like, a Drew Bledsoe 
or a Carson Palmer, a guy who's too good to get rid of. Maybe Matt Ryan's that guy. Maybe Tony Romo's that guy. Jay Cutler certainly might be. Too good to get rid of, but not good enough to win you anything. Yeah, I, I can see that argument, but at least at that, at the same token, you're relevant. <laughs> I guess yeah. it's better than having Jay Fiedler and, <laughs> and all those guys and just being bad. I mean, I'll, I'll t- I guess I'll, I'll take it being relevant and at least being interested in the season and having a having a little bit of hope rather than just being awful all the time. Yeah, Drew Bledsoe had a lot of comebacks, so that, that would be fun. Got him to a Super Bowl, so that's true. He threw a lot of picks in that game, though. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, all right, that was a very disorganized kind of talk about everything going on. But we'll see what happens with the Packers. They play in Dallas. This is finally. It feels like every game the Packers have played has had a time change or something in recent. Um, week, so I'm pretty sure this one is still at 3:25 on uh, the afternoon game on Fox, if I if I remember correctly. So they'll return to where they won the Super Bowl, a little bit of a different team than they were. Um, we usually do this at the end, Matt, but since we might talk about uh, college football after this, what do you think is going to happen in this game, and and what are what are your picks for the game, depending on you know who the quarterback is? Yeah, so this is the third straight week where we have no idea who's playing quarterback. So again, it's really hard to predict because it's obviously going to be clearly different um, when you when you put in Flynn or Rogers. I, I'm not even going to predict a score if Flynn plays. They're going to get destroyed, I think, if he <laughs> plays in the game, especially if Lacey doesn't play. Um, probably 20 points or more, I would say. Mm-hmm. And um, but we'll just assume Rogers is going to play just because I'm being hopeful. Sure. And I think the Packers would win 34-31, and my basis for that is our defense is bad, but I think Dallas's is worse. And I don't know. There's just these games where it seems like you know Romo just has a bad game every other game. So we're, I'm going to hope he just torches the Bears tonight for us, and then he's set to uh, you know 31 points isn't anything to sh- you know shrug your shoulders at. But mm-hmm. um, I think Packers outgun him if, it, if Aaron Rodgers comes back and plays. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with you. I, I do agree that if Matt Flynn is the quarterback and James Starks is the running back, then you might get a repeat of the Detroit game. Um, not not its dominance level, but the score might be the same. Yeah. If Rodgers plays, I still think they lose 38-34, something like that. I have zero confidence in this defense to slow down the Dallas Cowboys. If Woodson was there, it would be a little bit different because he was such a good matchup to neutralize Jason Witten uh, the two times that they played. Uh, but I I just don't have enough confidence in that team. But if I was just thinking, if Aaron Rodgers actually does come back and wins these final three games and they somehow get into the playoffs, uh, not that he wasn't already there, but holy cow, it, he really needs that folklore kind of moment to get him into that level with Favre and Star, in in my opinion, not that he's not good enough to be there, but he doesn't have the legendary like old man sitting around a campfire moments that those guys have. Yeah, I, I mean clearly yeah. I, we've seen what this team is without him. For one player, although it's the most important position on the field, but for one player to have that big fit difference, I mean you don't see that really. So I I mean yeah, if he can come in and somehow win the rest of these games with this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that says everything about the guy. I mean, he's the whole franchise, basically. Yeah, I can just give me chills thinking about the narration on the NFL yearbook for that yeah, one. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> he should be the only one on there, just him talking the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the story of Aaron Rodgers. Yep. That'll just 
have him falling on his collarbone, and then they just don't even talk about the games in between. Uh, if it works for me, there's not a lot of highlights in those anyways. All right, so now we're going to shift gears a little bit here, and in one of our lost shows that was ruined by technology back uh, last year, we talked about when Brett Bielema took the job at Arkansas, what were the Badgers going to do, what is the future of the Badgers. It was actually one of our better discussions we've ever had, and it was lost because of a stupid technology problem. It, it seems like I always say that for our lost shows, and I feel like it's the not... the best show we ever did. <laughs> it always... Yeah. Uh, apparently... Uh, <laughs> It probably doesn't sound true, but I actually feel like most of the shows that we've lost have been our best shows, yeah. which is very weird. Um, so ho- this one is not very good, so I'm sure it'll, uh, it'll record just fine. <laughs> but anyways, uh, the Badgers, um, we were worried about the future of the Badgers without Brett Bielema, and we thought he was somewhat underrated. While I still might feel that somewhat, it appears that Barry Alvarez has handed over the team to a very, very capable man in Gary Anderson, and despite the letdown last week, I think the Badgers have been a very pleasant surprise this year with a 9-3 and record. Uh, they're going to be playing South Carolina and likely the first overall pick in next year's NFL draft in Jadavian Clowney. But um, I guess real quick, Matt, what were your thoughts on uh, the Badgers this season? Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I I didn't think that Joel Stavi was a very good quarterback, and I, I still don't think that this year, but they still managed to win most of their games, and they were, say what you want about the Big Ten, but they were clearly better than almost everybody else, mm-hmm. um, you know, other than Ohio State and then Penn State got them at the end. Uh, Michigan State would probably have, have probably handled them pretty well, too. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they just made a lot of the lower half teams look awful, and I think, um, really, Coach Anderson coming in here and, I think when you see what he did at Utah State, it, you'd think he'd be able to come into Wisconsin and do this, you know, even better because he's got so much more talent. Mm-hmm. For uh, they played, you know, snap for snap with the Badgers last year, and he comes in here and he's got, you know, all these much better players. So I think this team's going to be under his watch in, in pretty good hands. And hey, in your first first year on the job, you get to go to a bowl game and play South Carolina. You can't complain about that. I don't I don't know if I necessarily like their odds, but um, <laughs> still a pretty good, but good bowl game. Yeah, I I think they'll probably lose to South Carolina. Their their defense is actually um the Badgers defense is very good and I know yeah. they've been kind of torn up by a couple of teams, but I'm not necessarily worried about their defense that much. I just don't know if they're going to be able to if they can't run the ball against South Carolina, they're they're screwed because I don't I don't trust Stavi at all. And mm-hmm. Just whenever I th- imagine Jadavian Clowney, I just think of him as like a cheat code player, like he's five times bigger than everybody else on the field. <laughs> like when ESPN highlights a guy and he, they make him like giant, like that's what he looks like to me when he's actually just playing on the field. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with them. A lot of people think that South Carolina might take them lightly, so maybe the Badgers can win. Um, as much as I probably a more a defender of the bowl system than anybody who really cares if they win or lose uh, right. the, the capital yeah, one bowl. I, it would be pretty big. I mean, if you can go in there and beat an SEC team in a game you're not really expected to win. Oh, but, but then um, everybody will just say, oh, they were looking past them. Once South Carolina realized they weren't playing for the national championship game, they didn't care. That's the excuse every time an SEC team loses a bowl game. Right, yeah. And obviously, I don't think any team goes into a bowl game not caring, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's not where they want it to be, but a Capital One Bowl is still, you know, one of the most prestigious bowl games. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, especially I think amongst the, ba- the credit card named bowls. That's right. 
<laughs> but I, I mean, it always helps for recruiting if you can win a big game like that against a very good team. Yeah, maybe you'll pull a, you know, a, another running back from the south if you win a game like this. So or a quarterback, uh, just one. Yeah, you know. no kidding. How do they not get one good quarter? Well, I mean, you get Russell Wilson, but he was a transfer. How do they not recruit? You know, one one really good quarterback at some point. I don't know. Maybe just the good ones just don't think they're going to get a chance to put up big numbers. But I mean. Russell Wilson's going to help them tremendously, I think, yeah, as far think. as recording, or, uh, recording, recruiting. But I think the one that should help way more than Russell Wilson is, hey, Brooks Bollinger has like five starts in the NFL, and he couldn't throw a football ten yards. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I would be pulling out Brooks Bollinger more than uh, more than <laughs> Russell Wilson. But we'll yeah, see. and even with the running game, you know, you saw how much Russell Wilson got to throw when he was here. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's enough. You know, footballs to go around. He got to put up some good numbers here too, and mm-hmm. you know, elevate his draft stock. And now he's being considered for an MVP this season. So I yeah. think if you can use that, and maybe just just pull one guy when when you still have Melvin Gordon on the team. Um, I mean, if they could have had a quarterback this year, mm-hmm. if they could have had Russell Wilson this year, you know, oh. who knows what they could have done? It would have been, you know, probably quite of a different story. They might have been able to pull off the win against Ohio State. Yeah, there's a chance that, I mean, I feel like we always say that as as Badger fans, that if they could have done XYZ, they would have won a national championship game because they lose two weird games every they year. They probably still would have been a letdown somewhere. But. Oh, of course. They would have done something weird. But um, anyways, uh, hopefully that turns out nice. Uh, the last year of the BCS, and I guess I wanted your thoughts on uh, kind of the national championship scenario here. We're going to have Florida State taking on Auburn, and... I guess, first of all, let's just talk about the BCS in general, because I feel like I've been kind of a defender of the BCS for a lot of years, um, not necessarily on this show or, or you know anywhere prominent, but um, I, I always thought it was a pretty decent system considering the circumstances, and, and people always wanted to have the playoff, which I think it, I'm, I'm ready for it now after seeing what happened this year, but to me it's like they talk about this playoff like it's going to eliminate the controversy and really... All you've done is shift the argument from who's two and who's three to who's four and who's five, in my opinion. But that's okay. You're probably gonna you're gonna give more teams a chance, which is always a good thing. But this last year on the BCS, I think, is as bad as any of them. I I know they beat Alabama, but I don't know how anybody who's watched the football games can think that Auburn's a better team than Alabama. And I know they won their conference, but they beat Alabama in the flukiest way possible, and they played a pinball game against Missouri. Um, I, I guess, what are your overall thoughts about the kind of the final uh, strange BCS decision? Yeah, and they won a miracle game too against who was that LSU? Was it Georgia? Georgia that they won, they won on that hail mary too. So I mean, yeah, they're clearly not as good as Alabama, I would say. But I mean, they beat them head to head. What are you gonna do? So I guess there's not much of an argument there, in, in my opinion. I th- I think the I really liked it when the BCS, like seasons like this where it came down to it, and honestly I don't think there's a very good argument for anybody else to be in this game Yeah. Um, other than these two teams, which I kind of root for too, mm-hmm. um, just because I don't, I feel bad if a team gets left out, I feel it should be there, and I, they obviously feel they should be there too, but mm-hmm. overall the BCS, I'm kind of glad to see it go. I, I mean, I don't think it's as big of a deal to, to be arguing for that fourth spot as it is for the second spot. Mm-hmm. Hey, more teams are going to have chances. And there's, it gets rid of the controversy because you have no idea how to, you know, rate, it's impossible this season to match up a team from the Big Ten against a team from the SEC because they didn't play each other. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, you have no idea of knowing if Ohio State is better than Auburn or, or whatever. But now they'll all be included and you can actually see and not just, you know, 
use the eye test. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's been a long time coming, and I think it'll probably expand quickly. But I'm uh, I'm pretty excited to see the, the BCS go. Are, mm-hmm. are the remaining bowl games kind of staying the same then for all the other smaller ones? Yeah, the, the, the bowl system is going to remain intact, but what's going to happen is that the national championship game is going to remain the same, but then the semifinal games are going to rotate amongst... Uh, other major BCS bowls. Yeah, but there's also a, a few others in there. It's the oh, that's right. The Cotton Bowl is Cotton Bowl's in there. The Chick Fil A Bowl's in there too. Um, so I think it's Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, um, Orange Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Chick Fil A Bowl, and I think it rotates amongst those six. Next year it's Rose and Sugar. I think okay. are going to be the the semifinal games, and then the other ones are going to be like BCS bowl games for the teams that didn't make it in. Mm-hmm. So that fourth one on the list is probably going to have some pretty lame matchups um, most years. Yeah. A lot a lot of UCF and uh, <laughs> those kind of teams, I would imagine. Yeah. But I think it's going to be interesting. The best thing about this new system is that it's eliminated the polls as an influencer, which I think has really crippled this BCS system more than anything, is that when you have the eight of the top 15 being SEC teams, well, good luck trying to <clears throat> beat any of those if you have one loss. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's a good thing. It's all going to be decided by that 13-person committee, including Barry Alvarez is actually on that committee to decide the four teams. And one of the biggest things that is going to be used as a criteria is going to be strength of schedule. And so having found that out, the Badgers went nuts scheduling yeah. people. They're going to play LSU in Dallas next year. Then they're going to play Alabama at the uh, at the Superdome, I think. Then they're going to play LSU at Lambeau Field in 16, and then I think uh, they play Alabama again somewhere along the line. So that will be interesting, and hopefully we can... I'm hoping some of these teams rise up and kind of get rid of that SEC dominance thing, because the thing for years was they got big guys, they can... Stop, they have great defenses and whatever. Well, that ain't true anymore, because every single one of those games is 49-42. to yeah, it, it, that's really interesting to me too. The LSU and Alabama scheduling, because not only are you scheduling, you know, a big time team, you're scheduling the biggest of, of teams. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the odds of winning that game, you, you don't like the Badgers' chances, but if you can come out of one of those games even with a win and go through with, you know, that, you know, maybe only one loss the rest of your schedule, or if that's your only loss, mm-hmm. you're probably going to find yourself in the in the in the playoffs. So. Mm-hmm. It's really strategic, and hopefully it works out. If they can make a run through a Big Ten after, you know, whatever they do in those games, it's, it's going to look pretty good for their strength of schedule. So um, I'm excited for it. I, it's nice to see the Badgers in such a big game. And, hey, like we talked about before, that's probably great for recruiting too. Yeah, and I wonder if this is going to help the Wisconsins and Clemsons and kind of Stanford and Oklahoma State kind of teams more than it's going to help Ohio State and Alabama and things like that, because it's going to be really hard, I think, for the most part, to still match up Oregon and Alabama, or Ohio State and Florida State, like these big, big marquee things, because one isn't going to want to play the other. They're they're these elite teams, but we'll play Wisconsin, who's Tier 2, or we'll play Oklahoma State. We don't want to play Oklahoma because they're ridiculously good and they could beat us, but we'll play Oklahoma State. It's going to give them more chances to knock off those big dogs, and if they have a chance to do it, I mean, that's program making. If you go to Dallas and beat the snot out of LSU, you're golden for the next 10 years. Yep, absolutely. Um, 
and they have to win that one at Lambeau Field. I, I don't know about you, but that's the one I would love to go to that game. And But I, they have to win that one because the rallying cry for like 50 years amongst northern colleges is that if we can get those southern teams up north, they wouldn't be as tough as they look. Mm-hmm. And So I know it's still going to be in September, but gosh, they, they got to win that one for everybody in the uh, in the Midwest and the, and the Northeast. Yeah, it's too bad they couldn't schedule that one at the end of November or something, but it, <laughs> it's it's still going to be a lot of fun to watch, and that would be a great game to go at. I'm sure tickets will be pretty pricey for that one, because who wouldn't want to go see that? Yeah, I don't know, but hopefully that uh, makes, that this kind of scenario makes college football much more interesting, and yeah. You know, the college football is only three months as it is, and it basically feels like two months because the first month is all 45 nothing blowouts basically all day. So it, it'll be nice to see what happens. All right, I guess um, we don't really have a what-if planned or a crossfire planned for this week. If you have a what-if or a crossfire that you'd like us to do in future weeks, let us know. Uh, the best way to do that would be on our Facebook page, which is Green and Gold Forever Podcast on Facebook. You can also uh, email it to us at greenandgoldpodcast.gmail.com or leave a comment on our Podbean page underneath the podcast you're likely listening to now, which is Green Gold Forever. that's the number four, dot podbean.com, and leave a comment there. All right, so both of us think that it's going to be a shootout if Aaron Rodgers plays. If he doesn't play, you may as well watch something else, maybe some Christmas movie or something while the Packers get uh, pulverized by the Dallas Cowboys. But, uh, you know, stranger things have happened in the NFL. Cleveland almost won in New England yesterday, so I guess why can't Matt Flynn beat the Cowboys? Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, I, that's all I have, Matt. Do you got anything to add? No, I, I don't think I do either. Um I guess cheer for Dallas tonight, and um, uh, that's all I got. I got nothing. Uh, is Jay Cutler playing tonight? I don't think so. Okay. So, um, yeah, so hopefully Dallas can win then. But they, they stink on the road, it feels like. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. All right, so for this disorganized podcast, I guess we'll wrap it up finally. And uh, from Eric in o- or for Eric in Oshkosh, no, for Matt in Eau Claire, I'm That's Eric great. in Oshkosh. <laughs> What's going on here? Have a good week. Hopefully uh, your week is much clearer than I am today. So have a good one, everybody.